Episode 33, Gordita. Day 85. As I sat down with the guys for a victorious post-surf breakfast of bacon, eggs, tortillas, and a cold coconut, one of the guys from the previous week's failed surf trip introduced me to another local surfer. Yomela, mi amigo Roberto. Melanie was a hard name for many people to remember, being so uncommon in Spanish, and Mel sounded funny, so my friends started calling me Mela, and it stuck. Roberto was in his mid-twenties, five foot five and 125 pounds of pure muscle. Like most of the local surfers, he had knotted ropes for arms and a six-pack for abs. Roberto gave me the casual Mexican handshake that young people used, an open palm slap followed by a fist bump. Estás bien grande, he greeted. You are good and big, literal translation. Big. I was big. At five foot nine, I towered above the locals. I often hit my head on awnings when I walked around the market. On one particular day, I had just surfed three hours on that day without a break and would paddle out later for an afternoon session for another four hours. The day before, I had surfed eight hours. My back muscles looked like they belonged to one of those bodybuilders rubbed down with bronze goo, flexing on a stage and forcing a smile. My butt was enormous. While my waist may have been a size 4 or 6, my butt was a 10 or 12. For the last six months, I had surfed an average of three hours per day. A perfect day was one in which I surfed at least two hours, did yoga, and went for a run. I was very muscular, yes, but I wasn't all muscle. Not by any stretch. Like an overly sheltered teenager off to college for the first time, my appetite rebelled in its newfound freedom. I had been eating as much as I wanted, which was a lot, of anything I wanted, which included a lot of sugar and processed foods, for weeks. I had cellulite. My legs jiggled when I walked, and my thighs rubbed together. My six-pack had turned to a soft belly. I had to buy new bathing suits because I was popping out of all my tops. Big? Yes, indeed. I was good and big. Roberto reached over and pinched a thick layer of fat covering my thigh. Come tus huevos, mamacita. Eat your eggs, sexy mama. Emotions flooded in. I knew it was a compliment, but it didn't feel like one. There I sat in a bikini, no makeup, salty hair, hairy legs, eating a mountain of food. And a man was pinching my fat. Suddenly, my ravenous appetite disappeared. The smile left my face, and I offered the rest of my breakfast to Roberto. Gustas un poco? Roberto pushed my plate back to me, saying something about how I needed power to surf another three hours with him later. Then he grabbed a handful of love handles, licked his lips, and uttered the unthinkable. Come, gordita. Eat, chubby girl. T-minus four years. Kurt and a friend were going to surf a very localized, hard-to-access secret surf break. I was invited along. My heart leapt. Kurt had grown up here, but I was a transplant. By the unwritten laws of surf culture, for better or for worse, you don't bring novice surfers to locally run breaks. And if you are not a local, you don't even try to surf there without someone who is. 
I was in. It felt like a victory, but I was nervous. I felt like crap that day. In fact, I had been feeling that nondescript crap feeling for a number of months. At 25 pounds under my natural weight, I had no energy. My bones felt cold at the thought of getting off the couch, and it made me a little bit nauseous. I knew surfing was way above my energy level, and that to surf while feeling the way that I did was a great way to get hurt. But I hadn't yet had a workout that day, and no amount of crappy feeling was going to make me skip a workout. So it was either surfing or high-intensity interval training. Surfing sounded a lot better. Hoping a little sugar would pick me up, I threw an apple in my backpack along with my wetsuit, booties, and hood. Walking out the door, I second-guessed myself. A whole apple? That's like 15 grams of sugar. That's going to knock me out of fat-burning mode. I'm going to store that in my liver, which means I'm going to store water with it. I got to weigh in tomorrow, and that's definitely going to affect my number. No way. I'll just eat half an apple. I took out the apple sliced it in half, stuck it in a Ziploc. My anxiety was quieted for the moment. Kurt, his buddy, and I started the one-mile-plus trek to the surf spot on foot, hiking down a cliff face with nine-foot longboards, then across the beach, paddling around a point, walking across the second beach, and finally paddling around a third of a mile out to the break. I was in agony before we ever finished the hike down the cliff. Every cell in my body screamed for fuel. Finding none, my cells went searching for fat to burn. At the time, I was in the single digits for body fat percentage. I knew because I checked week- weekly, carefully recording each skin fold membership measure- measurement with an app on my phone. Certainly no glucose was available for fuel because I hadn't touched carbs in a year, and no body fat was available for fuel either. So my body resorted to cannibalizing its own muscle. I could feel nitric acid being dumped into my system to burn muscle for fuel. It made me nauseous. But I attributed the nausea to having eaten the apple. Well, half an apple. Guilt from 7.5 grams of sugar made me want to puke. As we walked along the cliff, Kurt's buddy eyed me, remarking, You don't look too happy. More guilt. What was wrong with me? Get it together. You are being given an opportunity few people ever get. I'm just tired today, but I'm stoked to serve. I lied, more to myself than to him. By the time we reached the takeoff zone, I was spent, mentally and physically. I was nauseous, and the corners of my vision were black with each paddling stroke. My shoulders screamed for me to stop. I was shivering under my thick 4-3 wetsuit, even though I had only been in the water for 15 minutes. I paddled for four waves and missed each one. Maybe because I was drained, but probably because I was scared. My subconscious knew that I was in no condition to survive a big wipeout, so when it came time to take the last stroke, the stroke of do-or-die commitment, I backed off. Kurt's buddy paddled over and explained to me that the waves were softer than the beach break I was used to surfing, and that I had more time than I thought to make my pop-up. This assurance settled my subconscious, and I went full force on the next wave. I made it to my feet and for a split second felt victorious, but before I could savor the, mo- the moment, my body, pushed to its limit, said, enough is enough. My knees buckled and my board pitched forward, and I somersaulted backwards toward the crashing whitewater. Everything went black, up became down as I spun around like a sock in a dryer. 
A hot flash tore across my shoulder, but panic blocked the pain as I fought frantically to find my leash. I was being dragged underwater by the board, still attached to my ankle, which rode on without me. I thrashed underwater until I caught hold of the leash. My board stood upright on the surface like a tombstone, and I climbed my leash toward a second chance at life. I breached the surface, gasping for air. It wasn't until the fourth breath that I noticed blood in the water. Although I felt no pain, my fragile body heaved with sobs. What the fuck is wrong with you, you stupid bitch? The voice was certain that I was an awful human being for having taken such a huge wipeout. Humiliated, I let the whitewater push me to shore so I could calm down before going back out. The boys were still out. I should be too. Shivering, I picked up my board and waded to the beach to sit for a minute before mustering up the courage to try again. I examined the board, feeling relief when I saw a fin was missing. A three-inch gash had been cut through my wetsuit and into my bicep. Pain throbbed and blood issued from my shoulder. I made the connection between the missing fin and the flash of heat I had felt as the wave exploded her power on me. With a missing fin, there was no way I could continue my surf session. I was excused. The boys continued to surf. I made the mile hike back out, dumped my board in Kurt's truck, and forced my tears to shut off. I reminded myself that shivering burns calories, as do physical and mental traumas, and walking. I proceeded to walk the additional two miles home, bleeding, shivering, exhausted, and alone. I finished my eggs and promptly retired to a shaded hammock. A couple of hours later, I woke and lifted my head to see that Roberto and the guys were already back in the water. The point break was going off on that day. 500 yards, head-high barrels were lining up. I grabbed my 5'10", high-performance shortboard. The paddle out was brutal. The current was so strong that I had to enter a quarter of a mile farther down the beach than the point I wanted to reach. Leaving the sand, it was a sprint paddle against the river-strong current for nearly a quarter of an hour. Heavy sets were coming through. Walls of whitewash, tall as trucks, slammed me into the sand 10 feet below the surface. I controlled my breathing. Inhale. Stroke. Exhale. Stroke. One final duck dive, dipping my board skillfully under a crashing lip, and I broke free from the impact zone. A huge smile wrapped around my face. I paddled up next to the boys. A big set was stacking up, and I was in the perfect spot. Roberto and the other locals were shouting at me, Go, Gordita, go! <laughs> the nickname made me laugh. I felt strong as I stroked in, popping to my feet in one cat-like movement. My glutes fired as I harnessed the speed from the drop down the face. I pumped my legs, sending the board higher to the unbroken part of the wave. I could see the lip towering over me. I threw my hand in the face of the wave to slow my speed and let the lip pitch over me, sending me completely inside her barrel. Eyes wide, heart pounding, soul on fire, I ducked just a little. I was just the right size to fit into the ocean's embrace.
I hope you liked this episode. I have a lot more content on my website, 100daysinmexico.com. There's an insider section where I post, along with every episode, an insider's behind-the-scenes look at what else was going on. I also post premium content about my current travels, what's going on in my life right now. A lot of it's pretty honest, raw, and real. It's about the cost of a cup of coffee per month. So if you like my content, I hope you'll check it out. Until next time.